The Washington Commanders host the New York Giants this Sunday. And we've got your game preview here with legendary player and Super Bowl winner, Carl Banks. Let's go. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's game preview for the New York football giants against the Washington Commanders. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner here on the Believe Network. Washington currently more than a touchdown favorite for what I believe might be the second time this season, maybe third. I'm not sure about Chicago, but I am sure about one thing, Stoner, and that's that people can head out to bet online either on their browser or through the mobile app. Use the code Believe B L E A V to get a 50% welcome bonus, and they can put their own money down on the game here this Sunday. They can put it on NFL games. They can put it on your hockey games. They can put it on college basketball. Iowa was upset this week. Mm. You never know what's going to happen until you know. Let's uh, bet online where the game starts. Stoner, Mm -hmm. this even with Washington being heavy favorites, this has got to be a dogfight as neither team has really shown that they've come around this season. Yeah, I got I got news for you, though, Nathan. I don't think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be a cakewalk for Washington. The Giants, I know I've said this a million times and been wrong a million times, the Giants stink. And as, as bad as Washington's been, they're better than the current New York Giants team the current makeup of Danny DeVito's nephew and (laughs) Saquon Barkley banged up and the offensive line banged up and Thibodeau banged up and all this other stuff. Ballers out. Yeah, there's just no one. Come on. This is not an NFL team that they're bringing out there this Sunday. So it should be a cakewalk. But then again, this is Washington. This is kind of what we do. We play down to our competition. We'll play the Eagles tough, and then we'll get blown out by the Bears. So I – it should be a cakewalk, Nathan. It shouldn't be a tough game, but you know, we'll see. That's my prediction. It's going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be a double-digit victory. If you want to go to bet online and put all your money on that, say Stoner told you so, go for it. Please, please do not. We do not advise doing that. We cannot pay all you right. back if you don't lose big, but you can do that bet online if you want, but just don't pin, pin it on us, please. Yeah. And thank All you. Right. I want to know whether or not Carl Banks, a legendary Giants player, one year in Washington, although a bit of a forgettable season there with that transition team has to say about it. Cause this is a rivalry. I think that has kind of gone to the wayside stoner. It used to be kind of, they really would butt heads his day, right? Like they would butt heads and they would hate each other compared to now where maybe not so much. So welcome to the channel, Carl Banks from the Believe in Giants podcast. It was one of those deals where I don't think uh, I was ever really accepted as a uh, Redskin because, you know, our rivalry was our rivalry. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess so naive of me to think because it was because we won most of those games that it was all going to, it was going to be all good once I was, in their uniform, but it just didn't work that way. So, yeah, it's a little different these days, isn't it? Right. Where these days, everybody's a friend and, you know, friendly and everything, but you, you literally went from a, a a hated team to the opponent and can't imagine that went over very well with anybody. Yeah, it was not, it was not great. I can tell you that, that I had a few friends on the team though, like Kurt Govea, Mark Collins, 
Monty Coleman were really cool. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't have many friends on that team. I said Mark Collins, Andre Collins. We appreciate you giving us some time, especially this guy right here, because he's a little bit of a fanboy. You probably don't remember meeting him nearly 40 years ago. Wow. This this is true, Carl. Check wow. this out. I busted this out of my scrapbook, old scrapbook. This is an autograph. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. From Carl Banks, number 58, New York Giants, and also Lonnie wow. Young. You remember, of course, Lonnie. You went to high school, college with them at Michigan State. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. I am also yep. a, a proud Spartan. Um, I, I also was born in Flint. Way back, uh, way back in the day, 1969, oh, way back in the day. Yeah. So, you know, well, I was, my go. last name is Stone. I could be considered the original Flintstone from, from <laughs> the original the Flintstone. There guys. we go. My man. Yeah. But <laughs> let, let me ask you about um, a little bit about that whole experience, you know, growing up in Flint and going to Michigan state, how did that sort of, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a car auto town, you know, Flint was of course mm -hmm. manufacturing. It was kind of a tough town to grow up in. How did that prepare you for going on a professional football and in the rest of your life? Well, we had a um, really good, really good community, if you will. Um, our, I think all of our athletes in Flint were um, very supported through um, from our, from, through our community and you know um it prepared me for college right so mm -hmm. and i think the reason um i chose michigan state over any other college was because of your current owner magic johnson sure magic johnson and i met each other uh at his basketball camp when i was like a sophomore or junior in high school wow. and um we became friends and, you know, Michigan State was in a bad place when I was coming out of high school. And I was being, you know, this stoner, like back then, the Oklahoma Sooners were the gold standard. And I had just come from a trip and Barry Switzer offered me a scholarship and a, a bunch of other stuff too, by the way. But, um, <laughs> and I came back and then, you know, I had all the other Big Ten schools recruiting as well. And, you know, I was pretty highly recruited, but you know, I met with Magic. We had known each other, you know, um, since basketball camp. And he didn't oversell me, but he told me it would be the greatest experience I ever had. And it's a beautiful campus, all of that stuff. And I said, well, if you say so, I'm doing it. And I did it, hmm. you know. And the coach that recruited me didn't even coach me a single game. Daryl Rogers left before before the season even started. So I was like, but it, it, it served as – kind of uh, it, it was kind of like we grew up in Flint, right? You know, we were against odds in a lot of different areas, you know. Uh, nobody thought this small town of 100,000 people could produce so many athletes and we just do it, you know. And and so uh, when I got to Michigan State, you know, I understood winning. I understood, you know, what it took. Um, didn't have a lot of teammates at that point that were willing to buy in. And, you know, we had some bad coaching, but when George Perlis came, it was different. So yeah, Flint prepares you for life, man. You know, blue collar, you know, it's, it's, it's get it done. I was in, um, I think ever since my 
sophomore year or freshman year, I worked in the cemetery, Graceline Cemetery, uh, mm. from that point all the way through college, right? And you talk about life life lessons there. You you know you work beside ex convicts or guys that are transitioning back into society. That you know because Flint is so small, um, everybody knows who everybody is. So you know sure. these guys are giving me life lessons on you know what to stay away from and you know rooting me on. And this is but this was not unique just to me. I mean there was a lot of love in Flint uh, for for you know people that were trying to do good things. Let's transition into the game that's happening this Sunday. The New York football giants playing mm-hmm. on Sunday are far cry from your Super Bowl years with them a long time ago. Now, you mentioned Magic Johnson. Maybe he can convince you to come out to FedEx Field in your Washington jersey, not the not the New York jersey, Carl. <laughs> oh, this, man. This is a team that last year showed a lot of promise. You paid Dan Jones a lot of money. He ends up getting injured. Tyrod Taylor is a fine replacement for him, but also gets injured. This team seems in serious disarray. What is why it, the big disconnect from last year? Do you think, Carl, where they were a, a team that looked like maybe on the rise, Dabble Coach of the Year, to this this at this point, Dabble looks like he could be in the hot seat. Yeah, uh, I think it's a great question because um, when training camp started, I said they have more talent than they had last year, just through the free agency acquisitions and the, in the drafting. Um, and I said, the biggest test will be whether or not they play to their talent level. Um, I think there are a multitude of, of reasons that you can point to. Um, but right now they're not a good football team, you know? Um, and that's, you know, not going to sugarcoat it when, you know, you can't keep your quarterback healthy and they're just a lot of a lot of mistakes. And, you know, Daniel Jones uh, did not make great decisions at times during games. And I can understand why, you know, two things can be true. Um, when you get hit, the amount of times he gets hit per game, it impairs your decision making process. And eventually it ended up getting him knocked out of the game and then he comes back and he uh, has a knee injury. So um, two things can be true, but anybody that has has played, um, especially in the era in which I have played in you know our games, there was always a scouting report on quarterbacks. And there was, and I'm sure there's one now, if you go to any of the, you go to the, the uh, commander's defense a player and ask them, hey, do you guys have a book on Daniel Jones? Did you guys have a book on Daniel Jones? They would be like, yeah, the book is if you can hit him enough times early, he's going to you know, miss some reads or make some mistakes. But that's unique. That's not unique to him. It's yeah. to every quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think what has happened is that the offensive line has struggled. Uh, they struggled for like six straight games. They just didn't even communicate. They were turning guys loose. And they were free runners to the quarterback. And, you know, it's one thing to have an offensive line that doesn't hold up against good players, right? But at least your quarterback knows, everybody knows their assignment and you can make adjustments according to that. Hmm. But when you have free runners to a quarterback and guys are blowing assignments and they're tackles for loss, that's not functional. 
and it's not sustainable uh, for your your team. Now, aside from the Dallas game, which I think they regressed a bit, their offensive line had been communicating a lot better um, over the last two or three games, um, but not good enough. And you know they're they're doing. I think they produce eleven point five points a game. Yeah, that's not a very not, good offense. That's not yeah. good. Right. Yeah. That's not good. So there are a lot of things you can point to, but right now it's bad football. I mean, you can you can make any excuse, but the good news is they're fighting in their weight class this year. I mean, this week. You know, they're, they're not <laughs> they're not, not punching. No, they're not punching above their weight class, and that's no disrespect. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. Both of these teams, you know, when you look at um, where they are, it's you know this is a weight class game. You're not punching mm-hmm. up in weight class. You're not, yeah. you know, apples to apples. You know, Washington has their issues too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they can look at this and say, okay, you know, this is something. If you execute, you should feel good about. But um, they're not good enough to overcome mistakes and blown assignments. They just don't have enough um, talent up front to really get that done. Yeah, and, and Carl, you're a great follow on Twitter. If you haven't, if you're not following Carl, it's at, at Carl Banks G I I I. And and Carl, what lately you've been really talking about the offensive line and how that has negatively affected. But mm-hmm. looking at it from a defensive perspective, from a linebacker's perspective, how important was it for you? And of course, how important is it now to terrorize the quarterback, to get the quarterback out of his mindset of what he needs to do. And that seems to be what's affecting all quarterbacks nowadays. But how important is it for these linebackers and these defensive lines to get to the quarterback? It's a, it, it is the most important aspect of the game now because of the rule changes in you know, how defenders, especially cornerbacks, uh, can defend. Um, and then you have these five-yard penalties. You have these... 15-yard penalties. So, I mean, you got to be able to get to the quarterback and impact how they play because, you know, when they break the huddle, he has the ball in his hands. You know, he's controlling the offense. So uh, you want to be able to impact his decision-making. So that hasn't changed uh, over the years. But I think it's more important now because of the the way the rules are, are slanted towards the offense. Well, you mentioned how getting after the quarterback is kind of the key. All quarterbacks will get rattled if you get in their face that way. Sam Howe was taken down six times against the Giants earlier this season, but you trade away one of the pieces that was terrorizing him that game. Washington changes some of their offensive line, and Thibodeau is nursing an injury as well. How well do you think the Giants are going to be able to get after Sam Howe and this commander's offense? Hmm. Um, it's TBD, you know, uh, the commanders have two really good running backs. They've got the most underrated wide receiver outside of the NFC East, uh, in Terry McCurlin, where nobody seems to want to get his kid credit, but he's as good as they come. Um, he's good early and he's good late. So, uh, that's why, you know, Washington's never out of games because, because of a guy like him. Um, so you cannot, if you're the Giants, you can't allow Washington to be two-dimensional because if they're two-dimensional, 
um, it's going to be a long day. And they just gave up 600 plus yards to the Dallas Cowboys. So they, mm. they've got to be able to focus on, you know, limiting uh, the two running backs and, or the wide receiver, because he is legit. Like he's really, really uh, one of the best in the league and nobody wants to give him credit outside of this division. Hmm. And, and Carl, I was, I was curious also about how, when you were playing and the rivalry was at its peak, really between the giants and the Redskins, and it's kind of fallen off, right? Because basically because, the Redskins slash commanders have not been a good yeah. team for quite a while. What does it mean to the NFL to have this sort of rivalry be renewed and get back to what it was in the eighties and nineties? Well, I think it's good foundational football because we have, you know, teams with global profiles mm-hmm. and then their football teams, right? Um, and you want to have these rivalries between every, uh, team and divisions. Like if you look at the AFC North, that is what the NFC East used to be, right? Mm-hmm. Every game looked ugly, but then when you get outside of the division, everybody's like, wow, this team's really good. Um, and that that's where I, I, I really would love to see the NFC East, especially the Washington and um, Giants rivalry. It's that's a, that is the rivalry of, of all blue collar rivalries, if you will. Hmm. The uh, blue collar uh, workers there for both teams going to have to put in a lot of work, maybe not necessarily blue collar because he's got some fancy footwork as Saquon Barkley, uh, but he is an absolute workhorse back, but he also is nursing an injury. And if he were healthy, it'd be a tall task to put the offense on his back, but he can do it. He's not healthy. He's got Danny DeVito's cousin, brother, sister's family member. Tommy DeVito is the quarterback. How can Saquon, or do you believe Saquon can still take over a game in this status with a patchwork offensive line, a third string quarterback pulled off the streets? You know, Saquon Barkley's got a tall task in front of him. Well, you play the cards you dealt, Nathan, and, um, you know, everybody's injured this time of year. Nobody's healthy. Mm-hmm. If he's, if he, I know for a fact if Saquon Barkley puts a jersey on, he expects himself to play like Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can't play, then he's not going to have a jersey on. So I would, I would say to any opponent, expect his best because that's that's what it's going to be if he if he's able to to get dressed he's going to he's going to be Saquon Barkley and you know like i said everybody's dealing with something this time of year so um you don't discount it if if your best players are are actually dressed and ready to go all right carl my last question for you i mean i could talk to you for hours talk about michigan state flint all that good stuff giants Redskins rivalry but my last question for you is do you think yeah. that next year the Giants are drafting a quarterback I think that's a TBD too I think um the real homework that has to be done is okay assessing Daniel Jones um and then asking yourself if there's another guy you bring in will he fare any better um, with the surrounding pieces. 
Um, I think there is a skill set that everyone likes about Daniel Jones. He's, you know, 6'6". He's mobile. He can't throw the ball, and they've seen him play at a high level. He's won a playoff game for them. Um, that is should not be a distant memory um, because he played well in that game. He, so he shows you what he's capable of doing. And so, um, you know, you have these generational supposedly quarterbacks every year, and some pan out, some don't. Um, they just paid him. He's on the books at least for another year. So whether they draft or not, we'll find out. Um, and then if they win games or other teams get worse, you know, they may not be picking. But I think uh, wherever they pick in the first round, they have to get it, they have to get it right. And then all of those players after that, because they've accumulated some draft choices, they got to figure out this offensive line. They have to. And, you know, they're not the only team in the league that's dealing with this. You know, sure. offensive linemen are probably the most premium position uh, in football right now outside of quarterback. You know, so uh, because they, they just you don't get a lot of good ones. So uh, they've got to get that right. But I don't know. um if a quarterback's in their future or not, I think they've got some homework to do. And um, if it's, you know, if it's not, I don't think they're going to overreach to take a lineman where he shouldn't be taken either, but they just got to get the talent right. That's all. They just got, you know, whatever the acquisition is, make sure it's the right acquisition. Got to well, get it right. Washington has what they hope is their franchise quarterback of the future going up against the New York Giants this Sunday. Currently, Carl, you said it's going to be a close game, but on bet online, Washington more than a touchdown favorite at this point. What do you think the final score is going to be? I have no idea. That part <laughs> I never that part I never get into. Right. Yeah. Um, because the players play the game and there's just so many moving parts. You know, injuries occur, key players go down, you know, just like in the game, um, the Thursday night football game, nobody knew that Joe Burrow would go down. I mean, I think, you know, the line on that game was probably a lot closer than it ended up being. So you never know. So I, I I'm not in the predict I'm not in the predicting game. Good. That's that's a good game to not be into. Trust <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, yes. a lot of money that way. Well, <laughs> it is going to be the Washington Commanders hosting the New York Giants. Carl, we thank you for joining us here on Ref the District. We're presented by Bet Online. I'm Nathan. That's the Stoner. And until next time, the Flintstones always rule. Be a fan. Thank you for having me.